Good morning, everybody. Hey, this is Kenny DeConing again from Walden Road Baptist Church. Welcome to our broadcast. Uh, to our members, welcome. To our non-members, welcome. Our friends, even if you're international, welcome, welcome, welcome. First, a couple of household items. Um, there, uh, some from the city council have asked us, uh, as church leaders, to to pray for the city. So we're going to do that. Uh, and then uh, I'll talk about a, a group of pastors and tell you a little bit about that. But first of all, let us pray in requests of our uh, city fathers and mothers. So, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, the most glorious name in all of the universe, the creator of all of the universe. And in his precious name we come and we lift up the city of Corpus Christi. We lift up our county. We lift up our state. We lift up our, our, our nation. We lift up our world to you, Father, uh, that is in need of so much help uh, for which it seems like we have so few answers. So, Lord, uh, be with us, we pray. Give us the answers. Uh, be with us in, in bringing healing, bringing ways and wisdom uh, our way so that we might be able to not only combat the coronavirus, Father, but that we can also walk more godly in your ways. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And then there's a group of pastors I told you about that uh, we feel strong to be united uh, as, as one uh, Christian leadership, so to speak, over the city, that our people can count on us, uh, that we would encourage you to be faithful to your church and to your pastor. Uh, and that group has designated or actually requested that Walden Road Baptist Church on Saturday, April the 11th, would be the designated church to pray for our city, county, state, nation, and we may as well include the rest of the world also. So that is on Saturday, April the 11th. This is our day to pray. So anytime that you think at all about the well-being of the country, the county, the state, the city, the world, Please pray for God to help us. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the, uh, we had a, a group meeting with a group phone call. Uh, I don't know if it was Zoom or something else with Judge Barbara Canales, uh, a precious friend as well, uh, that requested from our, us as church leaders that we would give the example and we request and inspire and motivate our people to do the things that are asked of us by our city leaders uh, to combat this coronavirus. Okay, so let me encourage you as Walden Road Baptist Church people to um, do what is asked. Six feet apart, um, uh, social distancing, um, wash your hands as often as you, as you feel like you need to. Uh, don't touch your face if you feel like you have been in a place where your hands might be contaminated. <clears throat> the, the, the hands being contaminated doesn't mean anything till you start uh, uh, touching your face. So please wash uh, and so on and so forth. Would you do that for me? Because me as a pastor, me as a pastor, I don't want to lose one single solitary soul from our church to coronavirus. Um, 
then we also as pastors agreed and, and, and I agree and I want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. The, the bills don't go away. And, uh, and I know that maybe some of us, some of y'all might be strapped a little bit. Okay, no problem. Then, well, there is a problem, but I, I'm trying to say, uh, then you give what you can, okay? Uh, so no, no pressure here from me. Uh, I, I just want my flock to be, to do well. Uh, and let me, and then uh, we'll have some of our hospitality people are going to call the congregation and ask you f uh, how you're doing. Um, they are going to ask for your needs. If there is a need that we need to take care of, we will do the very best we can to fulfill that. So let us let us know. There is always some, you know, uh, networking that we can do. Hey, do you have some of this? I have some of this so that we can uh, make things work for all of us. So please let them know. And um, also prayer requests that you, that you might have. And then uh, let's start today with, with, with a song. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Sing along, would you? How great thou art. How great thou art, and sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art, how great Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, and sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou you know singing is not the way I make my living <laughs> but God God is quite impressed and pleased when we sing to him even though we don't have a good voice my children I have notes in my Bible from my children that are misspelled that are torn from a little piece of paper I have them in my Bible they're very special to me because these are my children expressing love to me and so it is also when we sing to the Lord, even though you don't have a, a real quality voice or a, a, you're not a quality musician, God is pleased when we express love to him. So thank you so very much. Now then, we're going to the message. Uh, uh, I share this message um, with a lot of uh, conviction, so to speak. Uh, a little bit of uh, 
a little bit of trepidation because of things that might be misunderstood and so on and so forth. But I tried to do my best to explain things where I'm coming from and so on and so forth. So the title of my sermon is, If My People, and obviously that comes from 2 Chronicles 7, 14, that reads that, If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, some people think that this promise out of 2 Chronicles 7.14 is meant for the Jewish people, and, and, and that is so. Uh, although lots of Christian folks think that this is meant for us as well. I am one of those because certainly uh, it is, we are God's people, yes, and we're called by his name, and we are a land that is in need of tremendous healing, as we well know. So um, here we go. Uh, what we find is in this verse is that um, there is four things that the Lord is asking us. They, I call them the conditions of the promise. There is a promise over here, and there's certain conditions that we need to meet for God then to do his part. Those four conditions are, one, to humble ourselves, two, to pray, three, to seek his face, and four, to turn from our wicked ways. These are the conditions, the four conditions that God is asking us to fulfill. Uh, and then the second main point is the fulfillment of the promise. There are three responses that God has uh, when we fulfill our requirements, our conditions. One is he will hear from heaven. Two, he will forgive our sin. Three, he will heal our land. Yes. Now, <clears throat> what I would like to do, so that those are seven points. Four that are the conditions of the promise. Three that are the fulfillment of the promise. Uh, seven points. And then I'm going to take up a few more points, four more points, because there are more key words in this verse that I would like to talk about at, at least a little bit. So let me give you all those 11 points, some of which are the conditions of the promise, those four, and I'll point them out to you. And then the and three that are the fulfillment of the promise. And then there is uh, there are seven points, and then there'll be four more points uh, that I will point out to you. So it is basically going through the verse, word by word-ish, to point out uh, a little bit of meaning there, and so on and so forth. So, one, the word if. Two, the, word my the words my people. Three, who are called by my name. Four, now we start with the requirements for the, for the promise. Four, humble themselves. Five, pray. Six, seek my face. Seven, turn from their wicked ways. Those were the four conditions uh, for the for the promise and then the word eight the word then that is that clarifies that this is a unconditional promise from the Lord and then the three points the, the fulfillment of the promise are 9 10 and 11 
then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So let us first talk about the word if. Um, the word if I have here, if dot, 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 then, that is the first point, so to speak, uh, that shows us that the if and the then are connected. If you do this, then I will do that. It is a conditional promise. Now, God has lots of promises in the scriptures. Some are conditional and some are unconditional. For example, an unconditional promise is, Lo, I will be with you to the end of the age. It is an unconditional promise. There's a promise to his children. He will be with us till the end of the age. Uh, but this is a conditional promise. If you do this, then I will do that. Um, well, you know, you may have grandchildren. I have grandchildren. And when they come, I always like to uh, teach them some things. And then I reward them for that. Uh, for example, I'll teach them um, if they're old enough, 11 years old or 10 years old. I teach them all the squares 1 through 20. You know, 1 squared equals 1. 2 squared equals 2. 11 squares 121. Uh, 15 squared uh, 225. Uh, 19 squared 361. And so on and so forth. Uh, and if they can do that, then they get a reward. Uh, or I uh, may I teach them to memorize some things, uh, a pegging system, uh, uh, or do a specific little, little task. Now, sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. Uh, and when they don't, they still want to have the reward. <laughs> well, sometimes I think that we as God's children act sort of the same way, that we want the rewards from God, but we don't want to do the things that bring those rewards to fruition. Uh, we, just, we just think that, you know, we have it coming as children of God. But that's, that's not true. We have a lots of things coming that are uh, unconditional. But sometimes there is blessings that God has for us that are uh, conditional. Uh, for an example, uh, husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. If you do that as husbands and you inspire your wife also to have a godly walk, then you'll have a wonderful, wonderful marriage, a, a, a blessed marriage. If you don't love your wife like the rest of the church, and so many of us fall in that category, I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about sort of like uh, uh, loving your wife like the rest of the church. There is tremendous blessing in that. But so often we, we fail in that. We still want a, a blessed marriage, but how, how does that work? Or, for example, uh, children, obey your parents. With this comes a blessing. Children, obey your parents. It's a blessing. The blessing is that you may have a long and happy life. We want a long and happy life, but we don't want to obey. So you see what I'm saying? This, this is typical. So we, uh, as Christians, we, we, uh, we need to be more uh, in line with what God is asking us to do. This is a conditional promise. If my people are called by my name. Then will I hear from heaven and so on and so forth. The second uh, couple of words I want to talk about are my people. The Lord is very specific about whom he's speaking to. His people. Those who belong to him. Those he calls his own. My people. The ones that he has made covenant with. Uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
And so those who belong to the covenant, and you're welcome to enter into covenant with God because he's done it for the whole world. Those who come to him uh, and humble themselves and say, I want to be part of this covenant, then God opens the door and you're part of, then you are becoming part of his people, part of his people. Um, I remember as, um, as a youth in our home, we had a family whistle, <laughs> a family whistle. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I'll whistle it for you if you, if you like. So when you heard this whistle, you knew that your mom or dad or your brother or sister was looking for you and you, you immediately went to the place where you thought the whistle was, was coming from. Um, uh, uh, my people, uh, my people, they know my voice. They, they, they follow me and so on and so forth. So, and, and this covenant that I was talking about, God doesn't take lightly because it cost him his son on the cross for... Uh, for, for there to be made a covenant by the blood of, of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pull my hanky out a little bit and, 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 and wipe off. And, and that is not, nothing strange because when you preach, you, you sometimes get a, little, get a little bit warm. And then we are called by his name. Uh, the, 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 my people who are called by, by my name. So we all have, as, as people, we have individual names, but we also have a family name. Our family name was the Koning. Uh, and as the people of God, we have a family name that is from God. Uh, uh, the book of Ephesians tells, tells us about that. And then we come to the fourth point, which is the first point of the, of the idea of the condition of the promise. So the conditions of the promise is the first main point, And then we have some of these other sub points. So the sub point four, which is shall humble themselves, that phrase of the, of the verse, uh, is by the same token, uh, one of the conditions, the first of the conditions, shall humble themselves. I like to spend a little bit of time over here, shall humble themselves, because this is such an, an enormous thing with the father, that his children would humble themselves. So, the other than conditions were then humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Those are the conditions that we talked about earlier. And isn't it interesting that the first thing he's asking of the conditions is that the people of God would humble themselves. Um, that, that immediately uh, came, jumped at me because I know how much God loves humility and how much God hates pride. Huh. Oh, you didn't think God hated anything. He hates pride. And as a matter of fact, when we read in Proverbs 6.16, it reads like this. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So we're not going to go talk about all seven of these. Just the first one. Once again, the first one is he hates pride. In Second uh, uh, Chronicles seven fourteen, he starts off with humble yourself, and here he hates pride. So these are the two uh, uh, opposite uh, of the of the spectrum, if you will. And so he hates 
pride because it reminds him of his greatest enemy, uh, Satan, who wants nothing more than the demise of mankind and the demise of all that God has made. Uh, and so pride reminds God of that and he, he, he can't stand that. But on the other hand, uh, humility reminds him of his son, Jesus Christ, who humbled himself even unto death, even the death on the cross. Humility reminds when the children of God are humble, they bring to mind of the, to, of the father, they bring to mind to his mind, his son, Jesus Christ. And what a delight it is for, for the son to be brought to mind of the father. And every time that we are humble, we, we facilitate uh, the idea of bringing Jesus, the son, to the mind of the father. And how the father delights in it. How he delights when his children are humble. Uh, well, let's, let's go on with this thing and, uh, and see what, what else I, I want to share with you uh, here. Um, it, it is important in this, in this thing where we find ourselves in this crisis with the coronavirus that we go to the one who has all the answers, the Lord Jesus Christ that we go to him because it seems to me that uh, we, we don't know that much about the coronavirus. This is nothing new because this is no news that we don't know that much because this whole thing is a new thing to us. We haven't seen this before. Neither has have all the experts. So there is some confusion going on and uh, I'm not in this uh, and I, I'm going to read this section word for word to you so I don't uh, miss anything. Um, here it goes. What I'm about to say is not political. It is an effort to ask us, to, to have us ask for help from the only one who can help us in earnest. I am not pointing the finger to anyone, nor am I blaming anyone, no one. We simply don't know what we don't know. I even wonder sometimes if we do know what we think we know. Um, we're just human beings. Uh, and we, we, I'm speaking of the one who created all the galaxies. And he has the answer. This is something we have not seen before, this coronavirus. We discover some things as we go and some things we simply don't discover. So let us confess that we don't have the answer and humbly ask for help from the one who has the answer. The one who has the answer. Lord, we don't have the answer. There can be only 50 in a room. Oh, that was not the right answer. Now there can only be 10 in a room. Mask or no mask. Business open or business closed. Likely 100,000 to die, if not more. But it could be less. Vaccine or no vaccine. 18 months or maybe less. This medication or that one. 
complete lockdown or should they leave businesses open so that the economy can work? Stay at home and be the corona and possibly get beaten by suicide, depression and anxiety? I am not making this up. This is what we're hearing in the news. By the way, if you are anxious, call on a Christian, uh, to a pastor. Call on me if you'd like, and we will pray with and for you. If you are hearing this and you think, you are right, Kenny, we are, we are doing it wrong. We should be doing it this and so. I'm not saying that we are doing it wrong. I'm just saying we don't have all the answers. We're doing the very best we can. I admire every solitary person that is working to bring solutions, to bring uh, solutions to this huge problem. Whether they are first responders, doctors, you, you name it. Anyone, we admire you and we, we, we applaud you. But you don't have all the answers. So I want to encourage you uh, to look to Jesus. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. I'm pointing the finger in the direction where I want us to go. To look to Jesus, who has all the answers, who is the one with all the answers. Let us uh, uh, humble ourselves and go to him humbly and pray and ask him for wisdom and answers to this problem. He wants to help us. Once again, I'm not being political, nor am I pointing the finger of guilt or error at anyone. I'm simply pointing my finger for us to go in the direction of the one who has the answer, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us humbly, let's humble ourselves and ask for help. Ask for help and wisdom for those leading us. The Lord Jesus Christ overcame death and the grave could not hold him because Jesus cannot be quarantined. Jesus can march every single one of these virus elements, COVID-19, into their death. Let us ask him to do so and quarantine them forever. So that was my fourth point. Humble ourselves. The fifth point is then, and pray. So we're going to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. This is the second one, this is my fifth point, but the second point of the conditions for this promise. God has, a, has made a way for us that we could pray to him. He has made a, a, a way for us through Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ was on the cross and he gave up his spirit, the veil in the temple in, was split in two, opening, opening up the Holy of Holies, which was the presence of God, so that those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ now are not looking anymore at a closed veil, but at a, as a veil that is open in which they can go into the presence of God and visit with him over there as to life, as to everything. Uh, and so when, when it comes to, to our father and we are talking with him, us talking with him, there will never be a secretary uh, that would sound like this. He is busy right now. Could I take a message and have him call you back? You will get no busy tone. You will get 
not get wrong number or please please try later when we come into the name of jesus and we say father that moment you are connected and have his full attention he will not even say who, who, who am i speaking with because he already knows your name you don't have to be long you don't have to you don't need many words you don't have to be deep because he knows what you're calling for and he even knows the intent and motivation of your heart so whereas you can impress others by fancy words and impressive style the father is only impressed with your heart so humble yourself and pray we just need to be humble and go in the presence of the father go in his presence he wants to visit with you he's been waiting to visit with you so go and visit with him and ask him for help with this coronavirus and many other things sixthly seek his face yeah it is as people of god sometimes we're a little funny we we, we sometimes we act like adults and sometimes we act like kids so often we we seek his hands rather than his face he has no problem with that but if if that's all we do is seek his hands and never seek his face it is like a child going to to a father a son going to father a daughter going to father and only when when they need something or a friend calling you only when they need something isn't it a blessing when they call just because they were thinking of you and they say so well this is our father is is sort of like the same way in a way he, he wants to hear from us just because we want to be with him just because we want to talk to him just because we want to hear his voice and by the way he loves to hear your voice too he is waiting to hear it go before him and then seek his face tell him how marvelous and how wonderful he is and how thankful that you are for his grace and his mercy seek his face and not just his hands um, i find it always a, a a blessing when friends call me and say hey kenny it has been too long. I was thinking of you and, and I wanted to hear your voice. What a blessing that is. Our father uh, feels the same way. What a blessing it is for us to go before him and say, Oh Lord, uh, I had you on my mind and I just want to hear your voice and I wanted you to hear my voice and I wanted to visit with you. Let us, let us go before him and, and say, uh, uh, Father, what, would, what you, would you have me to do? instead of always father do this for me and do that uh, what a uh, father uh, let's go before him and say father uh, uh, speak your servant is listening instead of saying father listen your servant is speaking that that, that is sort of like uh, childish sort of like immature uh, but he wants us to come before him uh, to ask him to visit with him to pray say father what is your opinion concerning this coronavirus situation? Would you give wisdom and leadership to those who are leading us? Oh Lord, we need your help. Oh Lord, we need your help. And then the phrase, turn from their wicked ways. So that's the fourth requirement 
that we would turn from our wicked ways. The first one is that we would uh, humble ourselves. The second one, to pray, to seek His face, and to turn from our wicked ways. Really? God's people turn from their wicked ways? Do we have wicked ways? Oh, I think so. It is implied in, in, in this statement that we should turn from our wicked ways. It is that we are so often in our wicked ways that we should turn away from. Uh, it has been like this for a long time. Uh, God's people are not perfect, but sometimes they, instead of just making a mistake here and there and here and there, sometimes they're just walking in those mistakes. They're just walking in the area of wickedness or sin, if you will. Um, so if you read the epistles, it is asked of us by Jesus, asked of us by Paul, by Peter, by James, to, to, to turn from our wicked ways, to put on the new man, to let go of the old stuff, to give your members only for godliness instead of ungodliness. Forgive me if I, uh, maybe I need a little bit of water here. Uh, uh, yes. It's, it's throughout, so it is no, no um, surprise that we hear from our Father that we should turn from our wicked ways. Our wicked ways of uh, sometimes anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy communications out of our mouth, uh, lying to one another, and so on and so forth. So there's many, 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 many more. You know what I'm talking about. And he says, hey, turn away from those things as my children. Then eighthly, the word then. If my people do this, this, and this, then will I hear from heaven. So the word then just, now we're moving from the conditions of the promise into the fulfillment of the promise. If you, you know, um, humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then, and then comes the fulfillment. Will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land? So, uh, so the word then is dealt with over here. And then so we're starting now with the fulfillment of the promise. I will hear from heaven. Um, you, you, you might think, well, doesn't God hear from heaven anyways? Yes, he does. And um, he sure does. But it is not that he doesn't hear. But it is that if we do these things that he's asked us to do, he will bend his ear, particularly in the direction of forgiving sins and healing the land. Ha! So you see, this is the, this is the deal. That if we do these four things, that God says, I will bend my ear towards you and hear your request for healing. I hear your request for forgiveness. Uh, and and my, my dear brothers and sisters, my dear friends, we need healing not only in the land. <laughs> we need healing in the world. It's always been like that. But with the coronavirus, it becomes even more plain to us that all throughout the world, we need healing not only coronavirus, but everywise. So, um, um, so now then, this is what, what God is meaning with, I will hear, I will hear my ear is bent towards your prayers 
concerning forgiveness and, and the healing of the land. So then the next point is forgive their sin. It is curious to me, <laughs> it, it immediately drew my attention that it is not sins, but he will forgive our sin. Um, it is not plural, it is single. It is not the, our many individual actions of disobedience, our single sins here and there that he's talking about. He's talking about something completely different. He's talking about an attitude, a slackness concerning sin, our casual attitude when it comes to sin. People just taking uh, God's, um, God's word so casually. So it is about our, our slack, casual, loose, nonchalant, sloppy attitude towards sin. That is what he's talking about, not the individual sins. And my dear brothers and sisters, as the people of God, we need to, uh, how shall I say it? Be not so loosey-goosey with sin. We need to be uh, more on the ball in not just confronting sin, but, but in our own lives, not play so loosey-goosey with maybe <laughs> a white lie or an exaggeration or a casualness about treating our wives a casualness about treating our children, our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, whoever they might be. Uh, so that casualness, that needs to be forgiven. Then uh, the Father wants to forgive us this casualness that we have concerning sin. Thank God for His grace and mercy. He wants to forgive us this loosey-goosey attitude. Um, well, you might ask, has he not already forgiven us our sins uh, on the cross? Yes, he has. Indeed, he has. Uh, but he's speaking here in particular concerning the consequence of not having what we otherwise would have. You see, it's not like our sins are not forgiven. He's speaking here that there's a consequence of, of uh, uh, our casualness of sin that brings a lack of blessing and a lack of healing to the land. So it is not that our sins are not forgiven, but it has, it has to do more about the, the consequences. It is like when I do something wrong, my sins are forgiven on the cross 2000 years ago, but there might still be consequences that I have to go through. And he says, these consequences I wanna do away with for you. If you do these four things, I will forgive you of those. Uh, yes. So, and he says, I will heal their land. That is my last point. I will heal their land. In other words, he will heal our land. This is not just healing from the coronavirus, but from everything else that, that we need healing from. But certainly today, we would ask that God would heal us from the coronavirus and many other things that he sees fit uh, if you would point them out to us, that we would bring them to him and say, God, forgive us. But God, bring healing to our land. Lord, we will make a new commitment to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face 
and to turn from our wicked ways. We will make a new commitment, Lord. We need for you to hear us. We need for you to forgive us. And Lord, we need your healing. We need healing for this land. But Lord, we're not asking only healing for our land. We're asking healing for every land in the world. Every land in the world today needs healing, Father. And we're asking for that. So when God brings healing to our land, it is not just that he brings healing to believers, the people of God that are called by his name. He brings healing to the whole land. My dear brothers and sisters, I just want to point out to you that as believers, you have a tremendous influence as to what happens in your land. Matter of fact, God has made it very clear with this verse that the onus is on the believers. If my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name, the onus is on the believers. So let's not have the world be upset with us. <laughs> because we're not doing our part. Otherwise, they would have be, be part of the healing as well. What an influence. What a sweeping blessing it is that when God's children are obedient to him, that there's blessing for the whole land. If my people, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord Jesus, we're coming to you and asking you, Lord, for wisdom, for the wherewithal, to our leaders, to our doctors, to everyone that is involved in this, Father, for the healing of our land. We ask you this in the blessed name of Jesus. Kiss.